We're back at Talking Manchester United and today I'm joined by Matt Smalls from the US talking about United's first leg Europa League victory against Real Sociedad, previewing the second leg as well at Old Trafford this week and also looking back on our victory against Newcastle at home. Stay tuned. So Matt, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you here again. Yeah, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me again. Our pleasure. Now, let's look back at last week's Europa League fixture in Turin. Mm-hmm. So, Manchester United played La Real, Real Sociedad and ended up with a 4-0 victory away from home. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on that performance and did the result justify it? The performance was good. I was surprised at um, how much space we had to just kind of run into, especially the likes of Rashford and Dan James. I didn't expect it to be that much of an open game. I thought it was going to be a tight, cagey game. As far as the result, I think the result in the end was probably justified. And if we're being completely honest with ourselves, I think Rashford in particular could have scored a few more. So the result probably could have been um, even more. Um, if we're being completely honest, but of course you can't a four nil away from home. Um, more than more than happy with that result. What were your thoughts on the game? Well, I thought that 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 they they kind of botched it up from a tactical perspective, right? And that gave us an excellent opportunity to get in behind them. And I think mm-hmm. it was a bit of a high line performance from uh, from Sociedad because in in very similar ways we just blew them away like we blew away Leipzig in the early stages of the Champions League yeah mm-hmm. um and i think that uh the openness of the game the minute there's an open game but we know we're not the greatest team when it comes to defending uh sorry to to playing against teams that park the bus or have this low block as we call it now yeah um but definitely um when the games are open Manchester United has a really outstanding attacking threat. And I think the, the Rashford goal, when Fred uh, set him up, right, uh, with mm-hmm. a great through ball, epitomized mm-hmm. that. And uh, besides that, you know, I mean, we're really good on the counter-attack. And just to yeah. have a little bit more technical guide, we've been much, much better against the low-block teams. But we've, uh, I think that's that's the next area of improvement against these smaller teams where we end up with these one one all draws against teams like West Brom and so on and so forth that we mm-hmm. need to lead out further. Yeah. Now in that game, um, Daniel James, a player who some people had a lot to a lot of criticism for in the past, mm-hmm. uh, he came out with a goal and an assist and uh, a very tricky little assist where he set up uh, Bruno in, uh, for Bruno's second goal that night, and then mm-hmm. he ended up with a goal on his uh, on his own. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you feel about his performance? And where do you see him going long-term at Manchester United? Um, I thought he played really well against Sociedad. I, I think, again, the game suited him and that there was just a lot of space to run into. Um, long-term, I'm not sure on Dan James. I don't really – I think that there's a long way to go before we can kind of think of him as a nailed-on starter. But I think I think there's a player there. I think he can contribute – um, in terms of a squad role, I definitely think in certain games, like we've seen um, not just in the game against Sociedad, but we saw last season, there were times when, you know, when when you give, um, like you were just saying, when you give us the opportunity to get in behind teams and you operate with the high line, Dan James can absolutely terrorize teams. 
So I think that there will be a time when he'll be very useful in certain um, in certain situations. But when we play against some of these Premier League teams that, to your point, are going to kind of sit deep in a low block and they're not going to really give us any room to operate in, that's where I think the next evolution of Dan James's game needs to come. And right now, I mean, it's still it's still early days, right? So I don't want to rule it out. But right now, I'm I'm not personally seeing it. I think that um, he'll always put in a shift. We know we're going to get 110 percent. Um, but I think going forward, his role in the squad will be just as a squad player. What are you, what are your thoughts on him? I agree with you there, right? Uh, because you know Dan James has got one really outstanding. Well, let's say two really outstanding parts of his game, in my opinion. First mm-hmm. is his work rate. Yep. He tracks back, he defends, and he does it really well. You know? mm-hmm. The other part of his game is his, is his pace, right? And I believe that he's that kind of player where, you know, you're one or two goals up um, and you bring him on the 75th or the 80th minute also when legs are tired and he can shred teams, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know he he needs to get better at his uh, at his crosses. You know that he smashes in mm-hmm. along you know, those low crosses. Uh, he did set up uh, Marcus Rashford for a couple of goals, uh, more than a couple of goals last season, right? There was mm-hmm. a great one in Norwich. Yeah, remember the yep. one at, at Old Trafford. Uh, I was in the in the East Stand when he when he set up uh, Marcus Rashford against Liverpool in the Premier mm-hmm. League game. Yeah. Yep, which yep. ended up one one. So. There is a lot of room for improvement for Dan James, but let's also remember he's a young guy, and I yeah. I agree with you. He's got a part to play in the future, um, and the recent uh, recent uh, results that he has or the recent performances that he has put in definitely shows that there is a chance that this is a player who could be again uh, on the rise and, and and long may it continue. Yep, I agree. I agree. Now, Bruno Fernandes, I mean, we know who he is. Uh, we're mm-hmm. running out of the superlatives, aren't we? But then that first goal and that intelligence, mm-hmm. how important is he to Manchester United going forward? Oh, man, I, it's funny. I, I watched the game um, at the weekend with a couple of my buddies and um, we were having a conversation just about how great Bruno is. And I mentioned I almost kind of want us to start protecting him and start to, if we don't need to play him, don't play him. If we can take him off, take him off. Because if he were to, and I don't want to jinx it, but if Bruno were to tweak a hamstring or something would happen to him, I was telling my friends, we would see a very, very different Manchester United just because we've become so dependent on his contributions, whether it's goals, assists, and just frankly, his presence in just kind of willing us to play better. Um, and increasing, I guess, what I would say is the minimum standard of United. So what I mean by that is our our level of performance at its worst used to be unwatchable. And now, now that Bruno's came, I feel like our worst level of performance is starting to get a lot better, if, if you're following what I mean. So I think, you know, Bruno to me is, is everything right now. And especially with Paul Bowd, I think, a big part of what we're able to do going forward offensively obviously revolves around him. So anything happens to him, it would be devastating. So knock on wood, hopefully we can kind of keep him fit for the remainder of the season, just because you know, I'd, I remember what it was like when we had Pereira and Lingard playing at 10. And I just remember kind of looking and I'd, watching games thinking this has nil, nil or one, one nil at best all over it. And now you just kind of feel like, you know, we're going to score. It may take a little bit, but you just feel like with Bruno in the team, 
he's going to come up with that pass or a goal out of nothing. And, you know, long may that continue as well. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when you, when you look at players, right, uh, there's some players who work hard, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's some players who also work very, very smart, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, he's one guy who works smart and he works hard. The, the, the games where, I remember that 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 FA Cup, um, was the quarterfinal? Yeah, it was the quarterfinal uh, last season at uh, Nor- away at Norwich, where in extra time, uh, after Harry Maguire scored the winner, um, in extra time, I think it was minute 118 or so. Mm-hmm. And he tracked back with a ridiculous ethic because there was a chance that United would have conceded. And it's not just that one incident, right? He has this record of really doing these gut-busting, lung-busting runs up and down the pitch to, to defend. Yeah? That's something that not many players do. Yeah. Yep. Now, um, I watched Bruno in the Portuguese league for, for his full two and a half seasons or so at, at Sporting, right? And and that is one thing that he brings, which is that he he can play a ridiculous number of games a season because he he maintains a level of of fitness. Yeah, he's not a particularly muscular player, but he's a very very fit and agile player. Mm-hmm. And um, from his attitude, I wouldn't want to be Ole Gunnar Solskjaer telling him, "Look, you've got to sit this one out, buddy," because yeah. even if we're going in four nil to the second leg, I can I can guarantee you he'll be scratching all his back this week and saying. I want in. I want to play that game because that's just his attitude. Yep, yep, I agree. And I and I and to your point, I hope, I hope that we don't see him in the starting eleven on Thursday. I really do. We'll come to that in a bit. Now, for me, um, there were there were three things that I I believe that that should happen for Manchester United to win the Premier League this season. Of course, it's looking not too uh, not too great now, being ten points behind Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second part of that, or the second thing, was keeping Bruno and Eric Bailly fit. Yep. Bailly's been out for a while again, and it's no no coincidence that the minute he uh, he's out, that we seem to be suffering and looking a bit shaky in defence. Now he was back against uh, against uh, Sociedad last week uh, in the Europa League, and uh, again Harry Maguire looks a lot more reassured when he's there. What are your thoughts on his importance to Manchester United? Um, I think Eric Bailly is, I, I think he's a great complement to what our Maguire's weaknesses, namely being pace. And I think that, you know, we've always known, much like Luke Shaw, like we talked about in our last podcast, Luke Shaw and Eric Bailly, I feel like, are are basically two sides of the same coin in that we knew that there there's talent and there's good players to be had there. Manchester United level good players. The issues were injuries and consistency. And I feel like with Eric Bailly, we feel, I, I think that there's a great opportunity for him to be a starting center back for Manchester United, but I'm very, very worried about his inability to stay fit. It's almost comical the amount of injuries that he picks up. Um, so Hopefully now we're over that and hopefully going forward from now to the end of the season, he can remain fit. I think his presence allows us to push further up the field, which makes um, everything a little bit easier. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. It's, it, we've been here so many times where we think we've turned a corner with injuries and by, and it just kind of doesn't, it doesn't quite happen. Yeah, it's a very frustrating thing, yeah. Uh, but I have to say, my my opinion on Eric Bailly is 
if he's fit and he's besides Harry Maguire, he makes Harry Maguire a better player. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, just that he's he's really good with his his pace is really really strong, right? Mm-hmm. And he's also strong in the air. Now he can't play those long balls like Victor Lindelof can, uh, for example. Um, and uh, you know, of course, he does those crazy things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You saw the the scissor kick that he had, the bicycle kick that he he attempted. Um, but that's that, that's Eric Bailly for you. Um, I just hope that we can really keep him fit as much as possible till the end of the season. And then we see what we do with him in, in summer. But he, he's, in my opinion, a really good player. But I agree with you, extremely unreliable on the fitness uh, and injuries. Yeah, and another thing I like about him that I don't think um, I, Lindelof definitely doesn't offer, and Maguire to an extent, Eric Bailly is very aggressive and very confrontational. And what I mean by that is he will go out and seek contact and seek to kind of win the ball and be proactive in winning the ball. A lot of the times, in my opinion, I don't know if you agree, when I watch Lindelof especially, Lindelof is kind of reacting and kind of waiting for the ball to come to him. Um, and that, I feel like, sometimes kind of gets him into trouble. Um, I, I've appreciated the fact that, you know, Bayi will go in and attempt to engage the striker and make a tackle um, rather than just kind of wait on it sometimes and, and kind of hope for the best. Um, so again, to your point, I think keeping Eric Bailly fit will be a very, very important piece of the remainder of the season. And hopefully he can remain fit and reliable and can play a lot of games because I definitely think we're going to need him because I th- we're, we're, we've still potentially got a lot of games to play. There's still the FA Cup. Obviously, we know how long the Europa League can be um, and the rest of the Premier League. So there's going to be more than enough games to kind of go around. And we've really only we really only rotated between Bayi, Maguire, and Lindelof. Axel can't really get a look in right now, so hopefully he can stay fit because, like I said, there's going to be a lot of games to play. Coming to another important part of the um, of the defensive setup, right, is a goalkeeper and a really strong goalkeeper. Now, there has been a lot of clamoring in recent weeks for Dean Henderson to get more and more time. Uh, and personally, I'm a huge fan of Dean Henderson. I think he's 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 not as great a, a shot stopper as as David de Gea, but he does something brilliantly that David de Gea has not improved on in the last five to six years, years consistently, which is commanding the box. And for me, the epitome of of Dean Henderson is is his contribution is when he uh, triggered an early move that resulted in in Fred setting up Rashford for for his goal. Mm-hmm. Would you at this point bench David De Gea for Dean Henderson, big picture, for a run of four or five games or ten games? I, I would, um, because I feel like we need to figure out if Dean Henderson is good enough to be the number one at Manchester United going forward. I feel like, well, I shouldn't say I feel like, I'm not sure if you've seen the rounds doing the internet saying that after this season, it'll be either De Gea or Henderson, and the other one won't be at the club anymore. But I feel like now is as good a time as ever to kind of get the answer to the question of if Dean Henderson is good enough to be the number one at Manchester United. And I, I think he is, to be fair. I think De Gea's had his time. I think, you know, now we're seeing a lot more mistakes creeping into his game. And I just kind of feel like it's time to to make a change there and um, to avoid talking about, you know, all the, the businessy side of things and how much De Gea is on. And if we could get money for selling him and this and that, I just, I just think that, you know, Henderson's not, really let us down and he seems to command his area very very well whenever he's played so I'd like to see him get a run of games just to kind of get the answer to the question if if he can be the long-term solution to goalkeeper 
we'll know in the next few weeks or shan't we yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely henderson is getting going to get a couple of more opportunities in the cup games uh, as long as we stay in them um yeah last question about the Euro- europa league how far do you think that we can go in this competition um well there are a lot of good teams left in the europa league i i would expect us to reach the same point that we reached last season um i'd say quarterfinals at minimum i would expect of course depending on the draw but to be fair i would think that we on our day i would think they were probably the best team in the europa league um so i would say at minimum quarters i would expect us to make the semis um i'd i'd love to say i think we'll win it but you know i i just i've got a, a weird thing about our players when the pressure seems to be on it just kind of seemed we saw it this year when there was talk of a title race and then we started dropping points to to silly teams we saw it in the semifinals last year i just kind of think we have a phobia right now with the big moments in the big games when there's trophies to be won so i would say at minimum quarters i expect semis though what about you i want us to win the league the the europa league of course um i think that's that's always good um, the first thing this team needs to do is they need to win a trophy i think and that gets gets rid of the hoodoo of of giving up for lo- sorry not giving up that's not the right word but uh but losing steam in the semis as we did mm-hmm. last year right or last season and again this season in the carabao cup um ultimately i think that that we can go all the way uh, we have a really strong team um there is the ability over there and i think that i would like to say that that we've learned from some of our, our mistakes last season and of course now it's a it's a slightly uh, different format right because we aren't in that tail end of the season where we're overworking ourselves you know uh, 10 or 7 games on the trot just after a very strenuous premier league campaign right where the the team did really well to to go from 6th or 7th up to to 3rd and then sustain mm-hmm. that place so uh, fingers crossed and i guess uh, Uh, I hope that we get a a good and favorable draw that uh, catapults us as a minimum to the semi-final, and that we at least maintain last year's last year's re, uh, record as a yeah. And let me just say, I, I want us to win it too. I, I don't I don't want to come off sounding negative. I I hope we win it. I just know that you know it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough competition, and I know that there's like a lot of good teams in it. So you know, hopefully, I expect us to make the semis though. I that that I feel like anything less than the semifinals is a bit of a disappointment and once we get to the semis, I would expect us to win regardless of who's left. Sure. Now moving from the from the Europa League to the Premier League. Uh, on Sunday night, uh, we hosted Newcastle, mm-hmm. uh, a club that Sir Alex once called uh, a wee club from the <laughs> north. Uh, Newcastle uh, rocked up at Old Trafford. and i have to say they they gave us quite a scare in the first half but then we ended the game at 3-1 um with a much more reassured performance in the in the latter part of the second half mm-hmm. i would say right uh 71% uh, possession for for man united but it i think at some level this the statistics flattered us for most of the game would you yeah agree? um i i just This, yeah the stats will tell the story um but in watching the game it just kind of felt like a bit of a it just kind of dragged along i felt like we had a lot of the ball didn't really do anything with it gave the ball away a lot um it seemed like we were all 
it just kind of seemed like we were a bit all over the place. Everyone seemed a bit frustrated with each other. Um, so it wasn't the best performance, but I think the most important thing is that we were able to get the three points in the end and not throw away more points like we've done in the past to the West Brom and the Sheffield Uniteds and Everton as well. So uh, glad to move on with the win and hopefully put that performance behind us. What about you? What were your thoughts? I felt that that was a this the normal type of game that we would have drawn last year, right? Agreed. Thrown away, but the, the the team stood up well. I mean, they they reacted. Uh, you know, they they looked a little bit more energized in the second half. Look, we're we're also hurt by injuries, right? We we we're missing Paul Pogba. We're we're missing um, uh, Scott McTominay also, who I believe would have added a lot of dynamism to mm-hmm. the midfield. He's been a really good player this season. Uh, added so many goals mm-hmm. to his tally. Um, and then on the other hand, uh, we also are uh, are playing a striker who is, I think, starting to prove is not a reliable number nine. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was funny when you were naming the players that we were missing. I was about to say, well, we're missing Anthony Martial because I don't know who the guy who is wearing the number nine shirt playing for Manchester United is right now because he's that much of a shadow of the player that he was last season. And And for the life of me, I can't understand what has changed. Um, I think right now, the best thing for him to do is just to kind of sit on the bench for a little bit, unfortunately. Um, I think I think we should give him minutes this week. Um, having said that, I think he should play in the game on Thursday and maybe we can start to try to inject some confidence in him. But I, that game was another game where I, I just kind of was just confused as to the positions he was taking up and just it just seemed like a lack of belief in his own ability, a lack of effort at times. It just it just seemed very bizarre. I I didn't even know what to make of it, but I think it's safe to say that if he continues to perform like that, he'll find himself kind of. I I don't know if you would agree in this take, but he might find himself fortunate to be at the club next season. What are your thoughts on him? I think that uh, regrettably, because um, first of all, let me say. From the day that Anthony Martial was signed, I, I really Same. believed in him. You know, the way he came on against Liverpool and he scored that that goal. From a from a close control of a football and the dribbling ability, I think that he can he can match Lionel mm-hmm. Messi one day. What what goes against Martial is his attitude and his lack of willingness to step up and take the game to opposition yeah. on his own, right? Now you compare him against and you know, this is again love it or hate it, you're going to be compared against the the best. Uh, that's the benchmark. And uh, the same game, Bruno Fernandes had, I would say, a not-so-great game, but then made off with a, with an assist um, and also yeah. a goal. Yeah, And it's a penalty, yes, but he takes critical penalties. And and uh, he, he, still, he still got numbers against his name and is an undroppable player most of the time. And then on the other side, Martial does not put in enough effort, in my opinion. Um, and we're starting to see, I hate to say it, but the probably the curtains on his own yeah. career. Uh, this time last year when he was going through that lull and he had an amazing recovery towards the latter half of the season. Anthony Martial was not dropped by Ole in any circumstances because... Um, he was needed as a striker, but today you've got Edinson mm-hmm. Cavani, who is willing to go. 
And now you saw yep. so Mason Greenwood came on and, and Greenwood showed, in my opinion, in the last, uh, what, 15 minutes or so that he was on or 20 minutes, uh, a lot more movement than, than Martial did in the box and a lot more hunger to, to, to score a goal. So, I'm absolutely pained to to see Martial because I really believed in him when he was given the number nine jersey. Right, I, I thought it was unfair that it was ripped off him by by Jose Mourinho. Uh, you know, just in 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 support of of Zlatan Ibrahimovic at the time who moved in. Uh, but overall, I think I think we're we're starting to see the end of Ante Martial unless he massively turns around his yeah. attitude. Yeah, and I, and I think. Um... I don't know. It, it's really hard because you would. I don't think he's the type of per, the type of player who we can ask to be a, a rotational player like Dan James. I don't think that role is going to suit him. I don't think he's going to take to that particularly well. Um, and and like you said, I would, I just hate to kind of I hate to see it because I was a big Martial fan um, as well when he came in. I thought that we'd really unlocked one of the next great players of his generation. But as of late, it's just not really worked out. It's sad to see. Such is the game. We can, yeah. Well, we can only hope that we're wrong and he does turn a corner because uh, if he can replicate that form that he had towards the end of last season, that would be a, a massive, massive catalyst for us actually achieving something mm-hmm. this year, right? Um, and I believe that the the ability is there, it's just the attitude probably that that isn't. Um, but we know one thing that uh, Oligona Solskjaer is good with man management yeah. of players, right? So, you never know what this could bring out. Um, the rest of the pitch, right? Now, we look at another player, Marcus Rashford, who single-handedly pretty much bought out the, the moment of the first half where he scored, uh, what I would say, a bit fortuitous. But, I mean, luck favours the brave. And he did what he's mm-hmm. best at. Ran at the defender and pulled a goal out of almost mm-hmm. nothing. Where do you see Marcus Rashford? Is that his best position? Do you think? I think his best position is off the left. Um, I don't think he offers enough with his back to goal, the hold up play um, that we we see from Martial. I don't think we're getting that from Marcus Rashford personally. Um, I think that the my biggest frustration with Marcus Rashford is the kind of goal that he scored at the weekend. I feel like he doesn't attempt to do that enough I feel like a lot of the time he's just running into blind alleys a lot overcomplicating things and the the thing that I really liked about his goal was just the simplicity of it beat the defender once Mm -hmm. then the defender got back into position just shifted it out of his feet and then just took a shot and I, I think he strikes the ball really really well I'd love to see him get just stop complicating things and just shoot more I know that kind of sounds really simple but I think sometimes you shoot more, you shoot early and you catch the keeper offside the defense or you catch the keeper like not prepared and the defense can't get um, opportunities to get in the way and get blocks in. And I feel like if Rashford just were to do that more, I think he would be even he would take his game up levels to what it is already. Yep. Um, and he, he's improved so much as a player, mm-hmm. right, Marcus Rashford, I mean. Even, even, and I, I dare say, we're not seeing him at the best. You know, he will, he will be in his prime in mm-hmm. another three years or so, or four years, and that's when we'll see Marcus Rashford. You know, he, if he works on one thing, which is his finishing, that's the easy finishing. And I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said it when he first took over, even in his days as caretaker mm-hmm. manager, right? 
uh, he said that we need Marcus to score the easy goals, snapping goals, right? and uh, the more that he does that, right, he he can he can work wonders. And even this constructive criticism that we give him, right, and he's not the complete player yet. He has the ability to be, but he's not there yet. Uh, and completely understandable, right? Given his age, uh, he still managed to rack up. Uh, I think it's eighty-five career goals for Man United now, joint level with mm-hmm. with David Beckham, and he has got a really strong goal and assist contribution this season. Despite that, so when I look at Marcus Rashford, I look at a player who has some weaknesses, but if he works on them, could be an absolute world-class player for Manchester United. Right, for the next I five agree. Or six years, I agree. Just want to see him make you know, better decisions when he gets on the ball. I know the the games that have um, – one of the things that comes to mind is this the Arsenal game when he had a chance to just shoot first time. And we ended up, of course, drawing the game. And he tried a trick and then ended up losing the ball. And you're just thinking, just shoot. And so I think decision-making, once he improves his decision-making, I think, to your point, we'll have a, a world-class player on our hands, if he's not there already, to be honest. Definitely, the ability Agreed. is there. Yeah. Now we ended that that uh, weekend uh, at the end of game week twenty five with uh, forty nine points, ten points mm-hmm. behind Manchester City. Leicester joint, but behind on on goal difference. Right. Where do you see United ending up in terms of position and and distance from the top? Uh, uh I think I see us finishing second. Um, I think it's going to be tight between us and I don't know who I would who I think we're going to be fighting for the second spot with between um, Leicester and I, I honestly think Chelsea will find their way back in there. I think West Ham at some point will fall off, but I think we're going to finish second. But I do think it's going to be tight. Um, I think we still got some difficult games to play, and with our run in the Europa League, I'm sure we're going to make a deep run in that competition. It's going to kind of stretch um, our depth a bit. Uh, so I think hopefully. We can finish second. It's my expectation for us to finish second, but I do think it is going to be a bit of a uh, a battle for the second spot, and that would represent a great finish for us. I think. What are your thoughts on it? Definitely, right? uh, one of the things that we've we've not achieved since Sir Alex retired was having um, two consecutive seasons yep, in the Champions yep. League, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, right? So this would be first of all progress because. From the points perspective, I think we're 14 points off, better off right now, number one, than we were last season. Uh, the second part of it is, uh, position-wise, if you end up second, that's an improvement mm-hmm. over third, obviously. Um, but it also gives that consistency now of playing in the Champions League. It gives you the ability to attract uh, cha- mm-hmm. better talent, yep. you know, better signing. Um, and overall... Besides that, I see I see progress in in the in the gameplay from the players. Right, it's not perfect. We still have some issues with the with these park the bus teams and so on and so forth. We are still not getting the best out of Tony Van der Beek, uh, uh, Alex Telles. Uh, you know, we're we're still seeing the improvement of Scott mm-hmm. of Scott McTominay, uh, Rashford. We're not playing with a great with the best striker in the world uh, in, in Martial, as we have agreed, mm-hmm. discussed already at length. So all this taken into account. Uh, we need to ensure that we we have a strong finish, second position as a minimum, one or two trophies. Uh, and I would call that still, in the bigger picture, ambition-wise for Manchester United, not good enough. But in the context of where we are in this rebuild, um, 
I would say that would be a really good achievement and a and a above expectation achievement for. Yep, I agree. As long as we just continue to, uh, one of the things that I that I feel like has characterized our rebuilds is we go one step forward and then another step backwards. So to the point about progression, it would just be great to, like you just said, capitalize on the third place finish last year with the second place finish this year, maybe a trophy or two, and just continue to um, keep driving this thing forward. Good. So that brings us uh, uh, to the end of our review. Um, but this week, as we know, on Thursday night, um, Sociedad will be visiting Old Trafford for the second leg uh, and coming in with quite mm-hmm. a mountain to climb. And as you, we've already mentioned, it is important that we rotate the squad and keep us fit <laughs> yep. for the weekend as well, right? So what would be your starting lineup against uh, Sociedad? This um, I would start Henderson and goal. Um, Teles left back. I would give Lindelof and Twanzebi a run out to give Maguire a break. Brandon Williams, I don't know why we've not seen as much of him. I'd like for him to get a start at right back. Um, and then in midfield, I feel like we I feel like we can't help but to play Matic and Fred in midfield. I don't know if McTominay, we're recording this, of course, before the press conference, so we don't have an update on the injuries, but um, I assume it'll be Matic and Fred in midfield. I assume we'll probably see Dan James um, at 10, maybe Juan Mata on the left. Uh, geez, on the left, uh, you know what? Actually, let me switch that up. On the right, I assume it'll be Mason Greenwood at 10. I assume it'll be Juan Mata, Dan James on the left, and Martial up top to, to try to once again get some sort of confidence um, in some sort of form out of him. So that would be my predicted 11 what about you very similar um the only difference and first of all let me say i agree that we should play twan zebe mm-hmm. and lindelof right uh that would be an interesting partnership to see how that pan pans out and, and henderson of course is a no-brainer in this case uh brandon williams i agree you know there's a lot of talk and i'm, I'm a big fan of having an attacking right back and people say we need to go out and we need to spend money and sign uh, uh max aarons you know, yeah right backs, different names. And, and I'm thinking, you know what? Yes, I'd love to have those players, but why not use Brandon Williams? And, and he's got the right intent. Mm-hmm. He plays with his heart on his sleeve. Uh, he can go far as a United player. Now, the midfield, yeah, I think we're, we're kind of strapped for choices, isn't it? It's, uh, it's going to be Fred and, and Matic most likely, unless Van der Beek comes back or uh, and plays a deeper role or also McTominay yep. uh, comes back, right? Um, or it could be... Well, you never know if Bruno fights his way into the squad. He could play a midfield role this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, central midfield role, rather. Now, in the number 10 position, I would actually uh, be tempted to try uh, Mason Greenwood behind uh, uh, Anthony Martial. Um, or, I, it's a good shout to have Mata there, but I would play James on the right and probably Ahmad Diallo. I would give him a start. yeah, Because Diallo showed mm-hmm. some good signs when he came on um, um, last week. And I think we need to start challenging him a bit um, because there is a player with with immense young talent and ability. Uh, he's got to bulk up physically mm-hmm. and be prepared for the league, yes. But he definitely can set that stage on fire. And, you know, uh, Sociedad have, have only one option. They have to come and attack from the get-go. And that would leave spaces in the back. And a guy like James and then uh, on the other side, Ahmad, uh, they could cause a lot of problems. So that's what I'm yeah, really looking yeah, for. Yeah, I definitely think we'll see Ahmad and I think we'll see uh, Shoretire, um play as well. But um, 
I don't know. I thought I read somewhere where Ollie said he wasn't going to start either of them for some reason or the other. So that was why they didn't make my predicted 11. Well, you know, Ollie also said that uh, uh, Sanchez was going to come back uh, to Man United and prove yeah. all along. And, you know, he's, he's, he's quite. He's quite yep, good. You're definitely right. That's a stray. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. Matt, it's been a pleasure as always talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your opinions and your thoughts. Look forward yes. to having you back soon and hope you enjoy the game against. Uh, uh, against yep. Thanks there, so much uh, for having me. As always, look forward to speaking to you guys again soon. That's all from us at this week's episode of Talking Manchester United. Thanks so much for joining us. If you like this podcast, please like it, subscribe to it, share it to your friends. And hey, we'd love to hear some feedback from you. 